Welcome to Servant's Heart Chapel. Glad you could make it. This is Pastor Daryl, and I hope that today's episode is a special blessing to you. So, here we go. If you want to follow along in your Bible, we are going to Luke chapter 18, but I will pull it up here. Uh, Luke chapter 18, beginning with verse 31. Pardon me. A lot of stuff going along around with this COVID-19, right? Everything's getting shut down. I found it I found it interesting, but not entirely surprising. I uh, seen on social media at the very beginning, lots of people were saying, Oh, this is everybody's overreacting. This isn't that big of a deal. I that's just too much. They didn't take it seriously. And then somebody they knew contracted it. And then somebody they knew died from it. And it was their mind was changed. Then they took it seriously. They, uh, they, they realized this wasn't a joke. But they did not heed the warnings early on, like the spring breakers in, in Florida, the young people. Oh, we're, we're too busy having a good time. We, we, um, we, I, this isn't a big deal. It's only, only affecting old people. So, you know, we're not going to heed the warnings to not, I uh, socially interact. And so now they're finding out that those spring breakers have really just spread COVID-19 over a good part of the Eastern U.S. But isn't the, I said I wasn't surprised by their response because this is how humans normally react in situations like this. In Joplin, Missouri in 2011, some of you may remember the tornado that hit Joplin. Around 158 people were killed. Uh, more than 1,100 people were injured. And they did some research to determine why that may have happened. Uh, why so many people killed. Why so many people injured. And they found out that a vast majority of people in Joplin did not take the sirens seriously. They had heard them before. Nothing ever came of it. So they dismissed them. Oh, it's just no big deal. You know, we'll, we'll worry about it when we can see a tornado type of attitude. And a lot of people were taken by surprise and not ready when they got hit. I remember, too, uh, in, in my own life uh, in 2004 when Hurricane Ivan hit the Florida Panhandle. Uh, we were living there at the time, and we were uh, uh, the uh, call for evacuation came about. Uh, missing the kids went up first. I was one of the last ones because I was uh, working in the deployment uh, office, and so I had to stay behind until everything was already sent away. But one of my neighbors, a guy lived across the street from me, uh, he decided to stay there and wait out the storm. And so he did. And a few days later, we came back. And the place was just like a war zone. Uh, I, I, I saw a boat in a tree. Uh, it was pretty unbelievable. And so we got to our house. And we're grateful that the only damage we saw is we had lost some roof tiles. Uh, but my neighbor... When, I, when he came out and I talked to him, 
he's almost the first thing he said was, "I will never do that again." Uh, he uh, he he did not heed the warning, and 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 went through a very difficult time because well, as humans, we have a tendency to dismiss warnings. Um, my earliest memory, I was about three or four years old. I was sitting in the kitchen with my mother and grandmother, and I was I was sitting. I, I I don't know how I was sitting, but I was sitting weird on the chair. And my grandma uh, looked at me and said, "Daryl, you need to sit right, or you're going to fall." I did not immediately obey her, and in a few seconds, I fell, smacked my head, and got my first set of stitches. So that's what I learned. Didn't heed the warning and immediate repercussion from not heeding the warning. In our passage today, we see the disciples, uh, Jesus gave the disciples a, a heads up, a notification, a warning, uh, and just to let them know, here's what's going to happen. And they did not heed it. And we're going to see that. But this is, this is the, the disciples were kind of dense with this. Um, I, Cody and I were just talking about when, when Jesus told them that uh, Lazarus was asleep, and they're like, "Oh, he's asleep. You know, he'll 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 uh, he'll get better. He'll do well." And uh, and Jesus said, "No, Lazarus is dead." And we both kind of wondered if Jesus at that moment, before he said Lazarus is dead. This kind of took a deep breath because you know, these guys didn't get it. Uh, and then, of course, sarcastic Thomas, you know, Jesus was talking about going to Jerusalem, and, and they knew that there was some uh, people who didn't like him in Jerusalem, and he knew it was they knew it was dangerous. Uh, and Jesus said, no, I'm going. And, and Thomas, uh, uh, sarcastic Thomas, said, well, let's, we're gonna, let's go to that we may die with him. Uh, they didn't get it, and and they don't get this point moment too. This moment here in Luke eighteen, uh, chapter eighteen, verse thirty-one. Then he took the twelve aside and told them, "Listen, we are going up to Jerusalem. Everything that is written through the prophets about the Son, the Son of Man, will be accomplished." For he will be handed over. To the Gentiles, he will be mocked, insulted, and spit on. And after they flog him, they'll kill him, and he will rise on the third day. So he's telling all the things the prophets have talked about. He said, this is going to happen. And then the Bible says, they understood none of these things. The meaning of the saying was hidden from them, and they did not grasp what was said. They didn't get it. They, and, and this wasn't the only time that Jesus had uh, said something along these lines to them. This wasn't the only time. This was not the first time he kind of forewarned them, hey, this is going to happen. Let's quickly, we're going to go through some verses that where Jesus, all this time that he's with the disciples, he's trying to give them a heads up. So beginning with chapter 9, verse 22, it says, The Son of Man must suffer many things and be rejected, and be killed, and on the third day be raised. Luke 9.44, the Son of Man is about to be delivered into the hands of men. 
Luke 12.50. I have a baptism to be baptized with. Luke 13.32. I cast out demons and perform cures today and tomorrow, and the third day I finish my course. Luke 13.33. For it cannot be that a prophet should perish away from Jerusalem. And finally, Luke 17.25. But first, he must suffer many things and be rejected by this generation. So he said all this before he said what I just quoted from chapter 18, and they still did not grasp it. Why is it? Why is it they didn't get it? Well, a 19th century historian uh, kind of summarized what the Jewish people, the Jewish people were not thinking of the kind of Messiah Jesus was. They had a very different Messiah in mind, and still do. They think of the Messiah as an earthly king. This Messiah will show up. First, Elijah will come and proclaim the arrival of Messiah. Then Messiah will become king of Israel, and all these kingdoms will fight against Israel and lose and Israel and, and all the all the scattered Jewish people will, will come back to Jerusalem, back to Israel, and, and Israel will reign over the entire earth and the kingdom will last forever and ever. And and they had no nothing in that was anything about a, a sacrificed Messiah. Nothing in it was about a dead Messiah or even a risen Messiah. Had nothing to do with our broken relationship with God because of sin, nothing to do with our lostness, nothing to do with uh, this, this reality that we're on our way to hell. We had no way to save ourselves. So they just didn't get it. And they missed out. And because they missed out, because they failed to heed you know, him trying to give them a heads up, they end up suffering a lot, right? They end up sinning. The Peter denied Jesus. And, and there were other sins that, that, that they committed um, because of that. As humans, we fail, often fail to heed warnings. Why is that? Well, here's some thoughts I have on that. First, we tend to think, well, the warning's wrong. We saw that with the COVID-19. Oh, the warning is wrong. It's, it's not accurate. They're, they're misconstruing the data. Um, I love how many people are suddenly uh, infectious disease experts uh, on social media. Uh, they are just, they, they must have studied for years on this stuff uh, to know what they know. Um, another reason we fail to heed warnings is nothing has happened. That's what happened with the people in Joplin. They, they didn't take it seriously because nothing happened before. Um, and that's part of the right now, COVID-19, because this hasn't happened since this kind of pandemic hasn't happened since 1918. And so nothing's happened. It's hard to take it seriously when nothing in, in your life has actually happened like this. Oh, and it's easy to be dismissive. It's not that bad. It's not that serious. And then people think, oh, I have time to prepare. I know there's a danger out there, but I'm okay. I have time to prepare. It really comes down to this. I want reality 
to be different than it really is. I want reality to be different than it really is. So I'm just going to pretend it is the way I want it to be. And that's why the way a lot of people live their life. And particularly when it comes to the warnings that God has provided for us. Because see, Jesus has given us warnings, given us notifications, you know, kind of a heads up. I get, you know, we get notifications, I get notifications on my phone and my watch all the time. And a lot of times they're really handy. You know, I'm getting ready for work and, and I see, oh, it's going to be start raining a little bit. I need to make sure and bring my umbrella. Or I'm driving down the road and I, I get a notification that there's an accident up ahead. I may want to take a detour. That's that's useful stuff. And I'm able to, I, I heed that that warning, that, that heads up, and I adjust my life to, to, to that warning. And that's what we need to do with the warnings that Jesus gives us. There's seven, there's seven notifications that I want to talk about today. The first one, hang on a second here. Okay, so we're gonna, I'm gonna pull up scripture verses. The first one came found in Matthew, chapter three, verse twelve. And mind you, with each of these warnings, I want to be ready. So I want to I want to know my question is with each of these warnings, what do we want what do we need to do in order to be prepared for when this comes? So in Matthew 3:12 we read his winnowing shovel is in his hand, and he will clear his threshing floor and gather his wheat into the barn. But the chaff he will burn with fire that never goes out. You see, judgment is coming. There's going to be a day when we're going to stand before God, and we're going to be held accountable for our words and actions and our thoughts. We're going to be held accountable. And I want to be ready. I want to make sure my sin is under the blood. I want to make sure I'm living life uh, as, as a servant of Christ. Because I, I want God to say, well done, my good and faithful servant. And not say, I have never known you. Depart from me. But here's the warning. Judgment will come. Let's look at another warning. In Matthew chapter 6, verse 14. For if you forgive others their offenses, your heavenly Father will forgive you as well. But if you don't forgive others, your Father will not forgive your offenses. Did you know that God forgiving us is dependent upon our forgiving others. Doesn't matter what anybody else has done to you. God expects us to to forgive. That can be an easy thing. That can be a very painful and difficult thing. 
but I want to be ready. I know that I have sinned against God. I have done many horrible things in God's sight, and I am deserving of hell, but God has forgiven me, so therefore I will forgive anybody. All those who've lied about me or lied to me, all those who have stolen from me, all those who have spoken evil about me to others, all those who have cheated me, all those who have hurt me or my family or my friends, I forgive. Honestly. Jesus warns us we need to forgive. The third notification is found in Matthew chapter 7, verse 22. Oops. 7, verse 22. <clears throat> On that day, many will say to me, Lord, Lord, didn't we prophesy in your name, drive out demons in your name, and do many miracles in your name? Then I will announce to them, I never knew you. Depart from me, you lawbreakers. There are a lot of people out there who think just going through the motions, just being a Sunday jack, just following ritual or, or some kind of works is what's going to get them into heaven. I had someone tell me that, you know, they went to church for years and they thought they were a Christian. They had no idea. They, not until they actually got saved, not until they trusted Jesus and, 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 and surrendered their life to him, they realized they weren't actually saved. There's going to be a lot of people that find out, find out just playing church isn't going to cut it. It's not about the, the, the nice things you've done for others. It's not about your attendance record. This is a warning that, that Jesus gives us. Are you a Christian in private as well as public? Are you a Christian on the inside as well as the outside? Or are you harboring some dark secret that you don't think anybody knows about? It's not going to hurt anybody. I'm just going to do what I do, and on, on the other side, I'm going to go to church and, and smile at everybody. And, and I'm going to post scripture verses on Facebook. God is going to hold us accountable. Let's look at the fourth notification. This is in Matthew chapter 10, verse 32. Therefore, everyone who will acknowledge me before others, I will also acknowledge him before my Father in heaven. But whosoever denies me before others, I will also deny him before my Father in heaven. Did you know that? Did you know that Jesus, I, that we're expected to live out Jesus in our lives, even when it's 
not convenient, even when it's not popular. That we're supposed to take a stand. That when everybody else is standing on one side and, and supporting one, one way of living, that we're supposed to stand out. Do you do you follow whatever God has shown you about modesty? Do you follow that in all areas of your life? Or there's sometimes you, you feel uncomfortable being around people and, and being modest because you'll know you'll stand out. People will notice. And so you undress to, to that level where everybody else is. is. Do you know about this warning? Do we acknowledge Christ before others? Do you? Let's look at our next notification that Jesus gives us, or next heads up, found in Matthew chapter 11, verse 28. This is a, a positive heads up. Come unto me, all of you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Take up my yoke and learn from me, because I am lowly and humble in the heart, and you will find rest for your souls. I don't know where those of you who are here with us now, or some maybe somebody's listening to the podcast, and and they are on, uh, they're still in a life knee deep in sin, and that's hard work. Being in sin is hard work, and it's painful, and it's exhausting. And I want to tell you, if that's you uh, today, is that you at this moment? There is a rest area just up the road. All you gotta do is get off this highway that you're on and and get off that exit and come to Christ and he will give you rest. He will give you peace. That torment in your soul, that, that moment you wonder, is there any reason worth living? Is there any hope in life at all? And I'm telling you, there is, there is in Christ. There's rest in Jesus. Praise the Lord. The sixth notification we find in the book of John, chapter 14. In verse 3. Jesus said, if I go away and prepare a place for you, I will, I will come again and take you to myself so that where I am, you may be also. 
You know Jesus is coming back for us? Heads up. Jesus is coming back. He's coming back to us, and he's coming to get us, to bring us with him. There was a popular Christian song in the 90s. Uh, people get ready. Jesus is coming. Soon we'll be going home. People get ready. Jesus is coming to take from the world his own. I got so excited about the truth of that reality that someday I will be with Jesus. Someday I'll be at peace. Someday there'll be no more sin or pain or grief or suffering. No more depression. No more sadness. No more uh, uh, tragedy. No more death. Praise the Lord. Let's look at the seventh notification. Found in John, the book of John, chapter 16, verse 33. I have told you these things so that in me you may have peace. You will have suffering in this world. Be courageous. I have conquered the world. Jesus said, heads up, we're going to suffer. We're going to have trouble. We're going to have problems as we're seeing now. But he, he encourages us to have courage. He reminds us to be courageous and gives us the reason. The reason is he's already conquered the world. He's already won. The suffering we're going through is for God's purpose and his glory. There's a reason behind it. Always remember that. And so we need to be ready. How can I be prepared to suffer? Well, first off, we need to make sure that our heart is in the right place. If you have your heart anywhere in this world, in your money, in your family, in your possessions, in your physical fitness, in, in uh, your health, anywhere in this world, you're not going to make it. Your heart has to be in heaven. Your heart has to be with the Lord, looking to that. We're just pilgrims passing through this world, all this is going to be gone someday. It's all going to be gone. We can enjoy while we have it, but we don't try to hold on to it. We don't make it our God. We have a God. We're going, we're citizens of a better country. Someday I'm going home. That's how we prepare for suffering. We also prepare for suffering by remembering who has our back in all of this. God does. God cares for you. He does. God cares for you. And doesn't let anything happen to you that isn't for your benefit. 
And God takes all, anything suffering we've gone through, any evil we've been through, and uses that for our good. Those of us who love God. Heads up. We're going to have trouble. Are we going to be wise enough to heed these warnings? Make preparations. We don't have to worry. We don't have to be scared about things. But we just make intelligent preparations. Judgment is going to come. So I'm going to make sure I'm ready for heaven. I'm going to make sure that I'm forgiving others. I'm going to make sure that I'm not just playing church. I'm going to make sure that uh, I acknowledge Christ in all areas of my life. I had so many people that it's all talk and no action. I've noticed that on our social media feed. Facebook brings up memories of people who had linked to our church and different things. And, oh, you know, I, 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 I love God. I'm going to do this for him and that for him. And, and I know where those people are now. They're lost. They're deep in sin because they did not follow through with their words. It's all talk and no action. I want to make sure I'm ready. I'm going to find rest in Jesus and nobody else. I'm going to look forward to the day when Jesus is coming back for us. And even though I'm going through suffering, I'm going to I remember that Jesus has conquered the world. Praise the Lord. Amen. Let us uh, let us pray. Our Heavenly Father, we thank you for your grace and mercy. Help us to be ready, Lord. Help us to heed your warnings and make proper actions so that we're ready. We want to be ready. We won't be distracted by the things of this world, God. We want to look to you and run this race well, Lord, so we can stand before you and hear, well done, my good and faithful servant. Oh, that we would hear that. Lord, I pray for each person here today. I ask you, God, that you would work in their lives, that you would draw them closer to you. I want to see each and every one of them in heaven. I want them to live lives well for your glory. I ask you, God, for your help. We need your spirit to guide us. Now, please be with us this week. Keep your hand upon us. Keep us safe from this sickness, God. Help us have continued opportunities to bless others. Keep your hand upon us until we gather together again. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thank you for joining us today. If you liked what you heard, you're welcome to give us a rating, a review on Apple iTunes. If you have any questions, need anything, you're welcome to email us at servantsheartchapel at gmail.com. If you'd like to learn more about us, you can find our website at servantsheartchapel.org. Thank you so much and have a blessed day.